Hey, how's it going everyone? Pastor Isaac here, your San Diego Generations Campus Pastor. And I am currently here behind the scenes. Actually, we're here in the green room at our Moreno Valley campus. And um, this is where our pastor uh, comes in the green room and he preps right before he jumps on stage and he brings the thunder. There's lots of cool stuff here behind the scenes. Uh, you've got a mirror over here. And of course, you wanna make sure every hair is in place. And uh, you've got a little fridge over here to my left. And this is where Pastor keeps all the cold ones, of course, and he stays hydrated. And uh, we've got a monitor back here. This is where Pastor kind of checks the crowd out, makes sure nobody's falling asleep, especially you, Gilbert. And uh, no, just kidding. This is where he comes. And, uh, you know, this is where he loosens up, lets the juice flow. Sometimes uh, what he does, uh, he'll grab his beard, he'll pull it. I don't know if that's a, like a Viking thing or something. Uh, sometimes it just kind of pop locks just to kind of get, again, the blood flowing and uh, get the nerves out of him. But anyways, uh, after he's done with all that, he comes over here, grabs a mic and, uh, and he jumps on stage. Hey everybody, well, we just came out of the backstage here behind the scenes from our Moval campus and now we're here and I want to thank you all of you for just allowing me to be in your living room and uh, today's topic of conversation is behind the scenes of the cross of Calvary and uh, our pastor shared an incredible message last Sunday and uh, it was amazing. We celebrated Easter from our homes, a historic Easter Sunday and uh, we were with family, and of course, uh, we're able to be a part of that. So today, we're going to talk about the, what happened behind the scenes. And so before we get started, lots going on here behind the scenes, and we're going to look at a couple things here. And one of which is that uh, I noticed uh, posting on social media in regards to uh, safety and during this pandemic time. And so I thought I'd share that with you guys. Uh, if we can go ahead and post that picture there. There we go. Obviously, someone, uh, it seems like it's a lady trying to be safe uh, at Costco, and uh, she is shopping with a helmet on, and uh, it seems more like it's Attack of the Clones versus a pandemic situation here. <laughs> so uh, anyways, thought that was funny and uh, interesting. And so uh, also, behind the scenes at home, uh, lots of time on our hands with family, and so me and my daughter decided to make a video and so I thought I'd share that with you guys as far as what's happening behind the scenes. Pew, pew, pew. Hold up. Wait a minute. It's a chopper. It's a chopper. Hold up. Wait a minute. It's a 22. <laughs> Goodness. Lots of time, too much time at home. And so, uh, so anyways... These are things that obviously are happening behind the scenes, whether at Costco, whether at home. But something happened behind the scenes at the cross of Calvary. And our pastor shared an awesome message regarding what people saw. And again, the disciples of Jesus recorded what they witnessed and what they physically saw in the life and ministry of Jesus all the way up to the cross. But the Apostle Paul came on the scene 40 years after Jesus died. And when he came on the scene, he talked about what happened behind the scenes. And I want to go ahead and jump over there to Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where here Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So I want you to notice this word here, gospel. And uh, th this term in the original Greek is, is, is outside of the Bible, is only mentioned twice outside of Greek literature. Okay, and the reason why it's because it's more than just a term. It's actually a phrase that means too good to be true news. 
okay? The gospel of Jesus Christ, okay, carries the very power of God. It's, it's, it's what God has used to envelop his powers through the message of the cross. And it's good news. It's actually too good to be true news. And, and you might say, well, what does that mean, Pastor Isaac? It means that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about what's wrong with you. Stay with me. The gospel is too good to be true news. And it's not about what's wrong with you. It's about what's been made right with you. And you need to grasp that. That's why it's called the gospel. And it carries the power of God to save, to set you free, to bring about peace and strength, to restore, to deliver. Man, the gospel, this too good to be true news. It's about what's been made right with you. And you and I have been made to be in right standing with the Father. So let's look at another scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. All this is from God through Christ. God made peace between himself and us. That's very important that you, that you, that you see this. God made peace between himself and us. And God gave us the work of bringing people into peace with him. I mean that God was in Christ making peace between the world and himself. In Christ, God did not hold people guilty for their sins. This is what Paul is saying. This is the good news. Too good to be true news. That God is not holding sins against you. And he gave us this message of peace to tell people. In fact, that's exactly what's happening here in the book of Luke where we see the story where Jesus is born and, and before, right before that where the angels appear to the shepherds. And uh, in Luke chapter 2, verse 13, it talks about how when the angels appear to the shepherd and they begin to sing, you know, it's a song that we normally sing during Christmas time. But here, uh, here, here, you know, Luke describes what the angels began to sing. And in verse 13, it says, Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. And they all praised God singing, glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. Notice what it says, for there is peace. See, there's that word again. There is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. Now, this is an important message. This is an important situation or account. Let's just say it that way that took place at the cross of Calvary, that God is at peace now with mankind. God has made mankind to be right with himself. God is not holding anything against you. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And, and, and there's a reason why you and I need to understand this. Because God was at war, not against man, but he was at war against sin. But under the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, okay, you have to understand something because I had a conversation with a friend of mine and he was asking me all these questions in regards to, you know, the goodness of God and, and, and how much I say that God is good. But then you look at some of the Old Testament readings and scriptures and it talks about how God is, is upset or angry and there's wrath and there's people dying. And you've got Sodom and Gomorrah and you've got, you know, things that are happening. And so he was asking me, how is it that you're telling me that God is a good God? But then you read under the Old Testament and it seems like there's all this wrath and anger. So he asked me, is God uh, somehow neurotic? You know, is God so one day happy and the next day upset? Does he, does he have an emotional breakdown? I mean, what, what's the issue here? It just doesn't make sense. And so it's a, it's a good, valid question. And, uh, 
And the best way I could explain it to him was, you know, I started with Romans 5.17 that says, Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. And so because of, you know, Adam, the first year, Adam's blunder, it opened the door for the enemy to come in and bring about all kinds of crazy stuff and sickness, disease, and, and, and just to be able to torment humanity. And so it opened the door through his one decision. And so at the time, again, when, when sin enters, sin is like a disease. Sin is like a, like gangrene. Okay. And the best way I can describe what happened under the Old Testament is this way. Okay. So to illustrate my point, I, I brought over my um, grandma's lucky, uh, if you could see that there. I brought my grandma's lucky machete. And uh, can anyone see this? Yes. There we go. And, uh, you know, this is how God dealt with sin under the old covenant. Now, let me just explain this, okay? Before you, some of you are already kind of getting like, well, what is Pastor Isaac doing? Just hang in there. Stay with me, okay? So, under the old covenant... When sin entered, okay, and I mentioned earlier, it was kind of like gangrene. When it enters the body, and back before we came up with an antidote to deal with gangrene, what people would do if gangrene came onto your foot, your hand, some of your extremities, what people would do, including doctors, historically, is that they would cut off, okay, they would cut off a piece of your toe, a piece of your foot to be able to save or rescue the rest of you, to spare you as a person. They would cut off a piece of your limb because if they didn't cut off a piece of that limb, what would happen is that the rest of you would be contaminated and eventually you would die off. So under the Old Testament, the reason why you see situations like Sodom and Gomorrah and you see the flood or times where like in the desert where the ground would open up and, you know, and all of a sudden people would be eaten alive. And it was kind of like Star Wars, right? Where just, you know, the ground is open and people would fall in and die. It was pretty much something like that. But the reason why you, was, you see these accounts in the Old Testament, it's because God was basically dealing with the issue of sin and he was cutting off, okay, sections of humanity to spare humanity to save and to rescue humanity you see it was not an act of wrath it was an act of mercy you can see the heart of the father because sin contaminated mankind and there was no antidote to cure or to fight against you could say the virus of sin hello so there was a lot of chopping going on under the old testament now stay with me because verse 18 of Romans chapter 5 gives us the cure to sin. And it says, but now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the Messiah. You see, Jesus comes on the scene as the second Adam, and he is the very antidote to sin in our lives. And so notice here, Romans chapter 8, verse 3. It says, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, it says, and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. Man, all of the wrath, all of the judgment, all of the condemnation, okay, 
that sin deserved, okay, the judgment of sin was placed on the very body of Jesus Christ. Notice what this verse says, that Jesus condemned your sin in his very flesh. He condemned all of your past, all of your present, and believe it or not, your future sin. Now let's look at that because sometimes people will ask, well, how many sins did God forgive me of? How many sins did God deal with? Was it just 70 sins? Was it just when I gave my life to Jesus or the first time and just those past sins? Is, is that the only amount of sins that God's forgiven? Well, let's look at scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. It says, by God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all. Once and for all time. Once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. Notice verse 14. It says, and by his one perfect sacrifice, once, and it was perfect. His once, it says by this, his one perfect sacrifice, he made us perfectly holy and complete for all time. For all time. You look at the Greek word there for all time, and it's talking about your past, your present, and future sin. God has redeemed you, and he has punished your past, present, and future sin in the very body of Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes on the scene. He, re, he takes in and he absorbs the wrath, okay, that belonged to us. He absorbs it in the body of Jesus Christ, okay, so that you and I can enjoy a relationship with God. And so you and I now... Because of the cross of Calvary, what happened behind the scenes is that you and I now have a better deal. We got a better deal. What are you talking about, Pastor Isaac? Notice here what Hebrews chapter 8 verse 7 says. It says that there was nothing wrong with the first agreement. Now this is the whole Old Testament, Old Covenant, the, the first agreement God had before Jesus from the beginning of mankind all the way up to Jesus. It says that there was nothing wrong with the first agreement then there would be no need for a second agreement. But God found something wrong with the people. He said, the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will give a new agreement or a new deal or a new covenant to the people of Israel and to the people of Judah. God saw that the agreement, in other words, th th there was no antidote to sin and hello, and just continually chopping off, okay, Pieces of humanity wasn't going to be the best deal for mankind. So God had a new deal, a better deal. In fact, the Bible calls it a new covenant based upon better promises. And notice here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15, he says, This is the agreement I will make with my people in the future, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write my laws in their minds. Then he says, I will forget their sins and never again remember the evil they have done. That's good news. He's not holding anything against you. He's not even in a bad mood. You realize that? There's a perspective of our Heavenly Father, and especially with this whole pandemic situation, that somehow people feel as though God is trying to either teach us a lesson, judge our country, judge the world, but that's not the case. Jesus has been judged for all of mankind's past, present, and future sin. And that puts you in a place, in a position where you can confidently approach God. 
That's what the Bible says. Let us come confidently to the very throne room of God that you and I may obtain mercy and grace for whatever we need. You know, you couldn't do that under the old covenant, under the old, under the old testament. You couldn't do that. If you would enter the holies of holies, you would fall dead. But guess what? Because of the work of the cross, God is not holding anything against that. In fact, he's declared you innocent before the Father. The Bible says that Jesus became sin so that you and I could become the righteousness of God in Christ. That means Jesus became you at the cross so that you could become Jesus before the Father in right standing with him. So why? What's the purpose? So that you and I could enjoy a relationship with him and experience life to the fullest and enforce his, our God-given authority on this earth. Be able to run with the promises that he's given us. Be able to enjoy life to the fullest. You see, now as behind the scenes of the cross, he's giving you, hello, he is giving you his own faith. That's what the Bible says. We have the faith of God. We have over 3,000 promises that belong to us. Here declared a son and a daughter of the most high God. And it's time for you and I to take what belongs to us, to rise up and be the children of the Most High God. Because that's what happened behind the scenes. So we're going to go ahead and uh, let you go with that. And, uh, and just I hope you were blessed. And thank you again for allowing us to come into your living room. But before we let you go, uh, if any of this has hit your, hit your heart, and, and maybe you feel like, man, you know what? I, I just haven't really... I made a decision to pursue or to follow God. Maybe this is your opportunity to allow what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary to come alive on the inside of you. And we're not talking about religion, but we're talking about a deeper inner relationship between you and God. And I want to lead you in a prayer that will help you get there. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time and this opportunity to be able to connect with you. Because of what happened at the cross, I can experience life, and I can experience life to the fullest, the way you intended me to experience life. I ask you right now to be Lord of my life. Be Lord of my heart. Say that with me right now. Be Lord of my heart. Be Lord of my life. I ask you to come into my heart. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your acceptance. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the very first time or maybe you rededicated your life to God, I want to encourage you to connect with us, message us, send us a message. If you need prayer, if you have any questions, uh, we would love to connect with you and to be able to just minister to you, encourage you. And uh, again, thank you for jumping online and watching us online. And uh, we will see you soon. We love you. Be blessed. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Isaac, for that great message today. You know, if you said that prayer, we would love to connect with you. If you said it for the first time and asked Jesus into your heart, we want to know about it. Or if you said it as a recommitment, we also want to know. So we would love it if you would text GC Church to 97000. Again, that's GC Church to 97000. It's so important that you have support and we want to be here to help you in your walk with God. Absolutely. We also want to thank those of you who have been giving your tithes, your offering, and really supporting Generations Church during this season uh, that we all are being challenged with, honestly. Uh, many of you are giving through our 
our church center app, which we talked about earlier. You're giving through text to give. And of course, if you're not sure, you can always give online at our website, generationschurch.tv. And so also if you're on the app, it's a good way to connect with us to all the other events that are happening at the church. Right, and some of those events are called our Zoom meetups. And so when you download the app, you can go to the Zoom meetup tab and take a look at all the things that are available for you during the week. And they are on multiple days of the week, multiple right. times of the all week. The um, but if you go to that Church Center app, you can connect and connect with the Zoom meetup leader so that they can um, invite you to join them throughout the week. And it's just a great way of connecting. So you can join one group, you can join all the groups. Yeah. It's just a great way to connect. So, uh, hey, during the week, we also have on Wednesday night, the mid. It used to be at seven o'clock. We moved it to 7.30. 30. Also, GC Espanol and our GC students are also meeting that that uh, on Wednesday as well. It's an amazing time where we just share this coming Wednesday night. We're going to have a teacher come with us live on the air, Instagram Live, and talk to parents really about how do I deal with this child and teach them these things <laughs> and get them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and all that different stuff. So uh, just want to encourage you to participate with all that we have going on on Wednesday at the mid. Right. And we are just doing our best to connect with everyone during the week. And Speaking of connection, we're doing something new today. So our campus pastors are gonna be going live on Facebook, immediately following the experience today. And it's just a time of uh, connecting with you, answering yeah. any questions that you might have, chatting with friends. It's our lobby experience. And so we would love it if you would join us live on Facebook with our campus pastor. Yeah, it's kind of like a big after party. So uh, <laughs> just get on there and chat it up and just talk about maybe the message today or just things that are going on. Share uh, tips of how you're staying at home, different things like that. Yeah. So uh, right now, parents, it's time for your kids. GC Kids, all you kids out there, go to our YouTube, go to Facebook for GC Kids for Generations Church and our GC Kids worship experience is gonna be starting just shortly after this. Uh, it's gonna be a great time. I encourage you to worship with them and just connect with all that's happening there. We're so glad really that you've joined us today, wherever you've joined from and however you've joined. Uh, it's really been our honor to come into your home today and bring the gospel of Jesus, some worship, and hopefully some entertainment to you. So it's been a good time. So uh, have a good day today, be blessed, and we'll see you online. We love you.